You're listening to Season 6 of Fried, the Burnout Podcast with your host, Kate Donovan. Fried exists to hashtag end burnout culture, to help listeners release any shame, blame, guilt, or judgment that you have about burning out, and to create spontaneous moments of healing through recognition of shared humanity with other people who have experienced burnout and lived to tell the tale. Fried and its associated Facebook group are free resources provided for you from our hearts. Our paid work includes keynote speaking and one-on-one coaching. You can find information about that at katedonovan.com. And now, here is this week's Healing Packed episode. This episode of Fried is sponsored by our partners at Qly.ai. Do you wish that there was like a bot that told you what healthy habits you needed the same way ads pop into your Facebook feed before you even know that you want to buy something? Cuely does just that. Using a combo of your input plus some magical AI tech, Cuely tracks your energy, your calendar, your habits, and uses those to send you calendar, Slack, Microsoft Teams, or Google Chrome reminders about drinking water, taking walks, stretching at your desk and much, much more. Cuely can be used by individuals or by teams to watch for burnout red flags, look for energy patterns, and build healthy habits. Fried listeners can get Cuely's pro plan, and I've seen the back end, it's worth it, for the price of one fancy coffee a month, a worthy investment in your long-term health. Just head to cuely.ai forward slash fried to get this awesome offer. Fried fam, if you want your sleep to be more restful, I want you to get in a guided meditation before bed. This boosts the time you spend in deep sleep, and that is one of the ways you recover from burnout. Go check out the Sleep Meditation for Women podcast to make your sleep more sleepy. And as a bonus, for the month of November 2022, you can win a gift bag filled with over $300 of incredible health and wellness products. Enter to win in three easy steps. Step one, subscribe and listen to Sleep Meditation for Women. You can do that by searching Sleep Meditation for Women in your podcast player right now. Step two, leave an honest review on Apple Podcasts and tell my friend Katie what you loved about the episode. Step three, screenshot that review and share it on Instagram or Facebook. And while you're at it, tag at Women's Meditation Network and boom, you're entered. Hello, Fried Fam. I am coming at you this week with another hashtag straight from Kate episode directly answering questions that have come up in the Facebook group. If you are not hanging out with us in there just yet, come hang. You'll find the link in the show notes, or you can head to Facebook into groups and search for Fried, the burnout podcast. There's loads of support in there, and that is the only place you're ever going to get any sort of discount on masterclasses and group programs and things like that. So join us, come hang, and get the ditty when the ditty's to be gotten. The question that has come up in the group a million times, is how do I heal from burnout when I can't take any time off of work? Let's set the stage. You realize at some point that you're burnt out, and you create a fantasy of being able to leave your job, rest, maybe quite possibly disappear and wind up on a magical island where Cinderella's mice take care of life while you simply convalesce. No one there asks you for anything. You rest, and you rest, and you rest. 
It sounds lovely, right? But it's not really reasonable for most of us. And here's the problem with creating that type of scenario. While you're taking time away from it all, you will start to feel better, right? You will rest. You will start to recover. And that can be helpful long term, but it also poses a problem that I see happening all the time. When it's time to go back to work, and some people go back after six weeks, three months, a year, 18 months, it's a a big various time. When it's time to go back to work, you still have to do all the work of dealing with the coping mechanisms that got you where you are. Now, you've heard me say a million times that burnout is not just about you. It's also about your environment. It's also about the people you work with. It's also about a million other things. However, part of it has to do with you. So if you removed yourself from a situation that was requiring you to act in certain ways and you didn't have to practice acting in better ways and shifting your behavior to protect yourself better, then when you go back into that environment, you might not be prepared even if you're rested. So I think that it's important to just know that while if you can take time off, I'm all for it, and it is actually helpful to do some of the work while you're working, it's just simply a question of whether you're going to do that work before you take time off, after you take time off, or without taking time off. But going through some of the shifts will have to happen while you're working. And I know this to be very true because this happened to me when I went back to school a couple of years ago. I'll finish up in May 2023 with another degree. And when I started, I hadn't been in school in a very long time time, 15 years or so. And I didn't realize how many old habits and coping mechanisms would come up related to being a student again that I would have to rework through in order to not burn myself out. So I started back to school May 2021. And by October, I was banging my head against the desk forcefully because I was so frustrated here are the things that reared up for me when I picked school back up. And that took me months to notice and then work through. Number one, perfectionism. I am a straight A student over here, folks. I love straight A's. I like to do well in school. And while in my day-to-day business and with the podcast, I've learned to let things be done rather than perfect, I never learned that skill with school, and I was really pushing myself, even though I was 38, 39, 40 years old, to unnecessarily get perfect grades. Nobody cares if I get this degree like summa cum laude. Like, no one cares. The next thing that happened to me when I went back to school was that I had time management issues. I thought I had set myself up for success because I've learned so much about how my brain works best throughout the day. I love having white space on my schedule to dream, play, plan. I love to play with my website. I like to create graphics. You know, I I like to play and do things and read. And school took all that time from me away, the time that I was looking at as, oh, I'm just wasting time. I could use this time better. I could be more productive. Anybody know what this sounds like in their own heads, right? So this time that I was using to refuel myself and replenish myself and have fun and play, I started using for school instead, and it took over before I realized what was happening. 
And I had to go through all sorts of burnout recovery lessons all over again. And I did it while running a business, while running the podcast, while running the Facebook group, and while being in school full time. So I say this to encourage you that if you can't take time off work, you might really be doing yourself a favor by staying and working through some shit on the fly. That way, even if you end up having some time off later or you decide on a new job, you've already processed some shit that you don't want to take with you. Everybody knows the saying by Ram Dass, wherever you go, there you are. The man was not lying. So let's talk about what you actually need to do if you can't get out of working. You need to work because you either need the money or the health insurance, etc. The first step to healing your burnout while you're still at work is to do an internal external burnout risk factors assessment. There is a link to it in the show notes. It's free on my website. It's a really short, simple, side-by-side list of internal and external factors that may be creating vulnerabilities for burnout to seep in. It's not going to cover every single little thing that might be contributing to your burnout. Remember what I said earlier about my work being done but not perfect? This is one of those moments. And also, it's not really useful to uncover every single one of the moments. A lot of the coping mechanisms that you use have to do with stuff that happened to you in childhood. Realizing why you do it isn't necessarily going to be the thing that helps you change it. So that's not always necessary to go back into that. Fried fam, how often have you heard me tell you to update your mugs or the blanket on your couch? I am so thrilled right now to tell you that I am now partnering with Barabi, that's B-E-A-R-A-B-Y, to bring you the most comfortable and most comforting blankets on the market. Barabi offers a variety of weighted blankets, including the tree napper, which is a cooling option for those who get too hot, the velvet napper, which is made of ocean-bound plastic bottles, plus They make the Hug It, a sensory knot pillow that will help you find calm, reduce anxiety, and bring your nervous system into a more regulated state. If I were you, I'd get one yesterday. You can find them on Instagram at mybearabee or online at bearabee.com. That's B-E-A-R-A-B-Y.com, and that will be in the show notes. Your job will be to look at the options listed, the internal possible causes, the external possible causes, and put a check mark on the things that you think apply to you specifically. This just allows you to do a really, really quick overall assessment of what factors are adding to your burnout right now. On the internal side, you'll see things like people-pleasing, perfectionism, and trouble delegating. On the external side, you'll see unmanageable workload, mismatch of values between you and your workplace, micromanagement, discrimination, and more. Once you have that filled out, you're going to go into step two. I want you to choose the one item, seriously only one, don't choose three, choose one. The one item that you think it would be the easiest to make progress with And then write down somewhere, anywhere, the one thing that you can do to start making progress in that area. I said the one thing that you can do, but it might be the one thing that you're going to stop doing. 
Let me give you a little bit of an example. Maybe you checked off lack of boundaries on the internal side. And one of the representations of your lack of boundaries is that you have trouble not responding to email after hours. So you are checking your work email at 7 p.m., 8 p.m., and 9 p.m. And when you see something come in, you have to respond to it immediately because you have anxiety and you're not going to be able to sleep if it's not done. So your one thing here might be stop responding to emails after insert a time here. Maybe you start with 8 p.m. first. I'd love for you to stop, you know, at five or six, but if you're typically going with your emails until midnight, then maybe we look at stopping at 10 p.m. and then practicing stopping at 9 p.m., but it should be easy. Then you practice that one piece of one cause until it becomes really easy, until you're doing it really naturally and you've made it into a new habit. Now, there's a lot of information about how long it takes to create a habit out there. And the reality in from a research perspective is that it's anywhere from 18 to 256 days. So don't worry about it if this takes you a little while. It likely isn't going to take you 256 days. That's an extreme circumstance. But just practice one thing for a while. What I want you to notice as you put this one practice into your life is how much energy you end up having just by doing this one simple thing. You might find that by, for instance, you know, stopping checking your email at 8 p.m., that your sleep improved. You were not working on your sleep directly, but because of this other thing that you're doing, something else improved. And because your sleep improved, you're not feeling so groggy in the mornings and it's a little easier to wake up. I say this this way because I want you to realize that choosing one area to work in and then only one thing to work on within that area is a really successful way of making progress. I don't want you to do five things at a time. What people try to do with burnout often is like throw everything at it. We're trying to maximize our time and get the most out of our burnout recovery. That's exactly the wrong energy we want to have here. That's the energy that got us to be burnt out, trying to maximize everything all the time. Like stop maximizing things. Roll it back. Look at your list. Choose one thing, the easiest thing where you can make the easiest shift. Choose one shift and put it into practice and then see what happens. Once that thing becomes super easy, so easy that you don't even think about checking your email after 7 p.m. anymore, you can look back at the list again and choose the next easiest thing and then the next and then the next and then the next. The trick here, once again, is to do the easiest thing first, allow it to have impact, and then move to the next easiest thing on the list. If you fill out your list and you're not sure how to tackle any of your items, choose one of them and ask the Facebook group for ways to shift that behavior. There might be some ideas in there that you haven't thought of before that are super easy and super impactful. Asking for help and asking for other people's perspectives is one of the main ways we build resilience. So don't go this alone. If you're not sure what the answer is for you, Let's do it together. There's over 1,200 people in that group, and they are ready and willing to help each other. It's an amazing, amazing space. So you might find that there are some 
tools and tricks and things that you hadn't even considered that somebody else has already had to go through this so they have some ideas for you. So if you're stuck, come to the Facebook group. Let us know so we can help. Now, caveat for the end of this episode. A caveat, as one says. If your boss or anybody else in your workplace is a bully or you're being discriminated against or the job environment is actually very deeply toxic, you'll know that this is true if you click all of the external factors and maybe only one or two of the internal factors. You might not be able to create strong enough coping mechanisms to make staying in this job the right choice. You might even feel that leaving is impossible for you and that there are no other options. Believe me, I have heard it all before, and I want you to know this. You cannot long-term stay in a toxic environment and heal fully from burnout. Your physical and mental health will continue to deteriorate. Your best bet is to do everything within your power, and your power is low if you're burnt out. That's why we go with easy things. Your best bet is to do everything within your power within the situation and then use whatever energy you create by making those changes to formulate a graceful exit strategy. It is 2022, almost 2023. The world is online. There are options out there, people. There are loads of options. No one is 100% stuck. I also want to throw at the end of this episode some information about staying at work for health insurance purposes because there is there are programs that have to exist that allow you to continue you have to of course make the payments but allow you to continue with your health care plan from your employee up to 18 months after you leave your job So you'd still have to pay into it, but you would keep the same health insurance for up to 18 months. And there's a bunch of different ways this works. You'll have to Google it. I'm not an expert on this, but I did find this because I was looking for a solution for a client recently. And when I came across this, I said, oh, I hear this posed as a problem all the time. I need this job because I'll lose insurance. But what if you weren't going to lose insurance? What if you could keep the insurance? What if that would make things a little bit easier? What if you have a side hustle that's bringing in enough money already to cover the cost of that insurance? And so you'll lose your income, but you won't lose your health care, for instance. And of course, this is applicable to our um, United States listeners. The rest of the world thinks that we are crazy because we are, because our system is messy. So if you are in a situation where you have to continue to work and you are burnt out, you start unwinding it one small thing at a time. Someone also asked recently, how do you find motivation when you're burnt out to work? I don't think that's the right question. I think you do this instead. You look for the small places where you can reclaim some of your energy back, and that energy can then be used for your motivation. You're not going to find motivation when you're burnt out just by looking for it. You're going to create energy by caring for yourself differently and by shifting the way you interact with your environment. All right? Okay. I hope this one was helpful. 
If it was, please share it with all of your friends. Fried is now reaching 20,000 people a month, which makes me just feel A, heartbroken that so many people have to listen, and B, really thrilled that this exists as a platform and as a service for everyone that actually does need it. Also, I am booking speaking events for 2023 right now, and I am offering referrals to my podcast listeners who introduce me by email to their company or another company that they know of who is looking for some sort of burnout work. If they hire me, I will send you a referral fee. So if you want information about that, you can shoot me an email at kate at katedonovan.com, and I will send it your way. All right, fried fam. Take care of yourselves, be gentle with yourselves, and take the easy route, please. Until next time. (laughs) 